The hospital at home care model is projected to expand significantly by the end of the decade, with some experts forecasting that around $300 billion worth of hospital level care will be delivered at home by 2028. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, September 18th. Thanks for joining us. Important questions still remain, however, around how the model will be reimbursed and staffed, especially given current healthcare labor shortages. On today's episode, we listen to the second half of my conversation with Dr. Rob Moskowitz, Chief Medical Officer at Contessa Health, where we talk more about hospital at home amid a tough nursing labor market and how the model will be paid for. Here's the rest of our conversation. Let's talk about paying for hospital at home. Obviously, health insurers will need to be on board and more broadly will need Medicare to provide reimbursements for it. And it's still up in the air what Medicare is going to do on this front. Uh, The public health emergency waivers, as you know, were extended. And while we have a decent sense that the federal government will likely continue to pay for this in the future. It's not a done deal. Uh, But can you talk more about the payment side of all of this? I think you brought up a couple of really salient points. There's a bifurcated approach to this from a payer perspective. There's CMS that came up with our hospital home waiver in the midst of a pandemic. And in doing something of that nature, um, it's quick and it's messy and you're trying to keep it as, as coordinated as possible. And I think that they did a great job with deliberately understanding that there was probably only a minimum number of endpoints for them to judge this on. So during the pandemic, CMS said, hey, let's focus on KPIs of volume. Uh, let's look at quality from an escalation. How many patients are coming back to their hospital during their hospital at home stay? Then let's look at unanticipated mortality. And that's it. It was very simple and it needed to be done quickly. So it didn't go through, I think, the traditional rigor that something that you could call novel would necessitate. So the great thing about it was, as we came to what I would say is the the closing or the near end of the public health emergency, there was some due diligence done from a budgetary standpoint to say, well, was this cost equivalent or was it improved? And at best from what they could look at, it was like from a CMS perspective, it was like, hey, this is not more expensive than inpatient care. So you get those couple of touch points, you get the patient you know, component of it, and then you get the cost structure. And you, that's why you, you know, we were fortunate enough to have this included in the omnibus and say, well, let's go through the end of 2024, however, I don't think the end of 2024 is going to be the end of hospital at home. I mean, the charge that was put forward, I mean, Congress has basically put in front of the Secretary of Health and Human Services the initiative to publish further data. The data that they're asking to be published, I think, will provide more guidance upon how that payment mechanism should look because they're going to look at eligibility criteria. They're going to look at a more in-depth cost analysis. They're going to look at variation in performance with respect to patient demographics. So there was a lot of things that they were charged with to report upon and study so you can find the next iteration of this, not so it could go away. It's like, hey, I think this is a great thing. And don't get me wrong, they didn't say that there was a solution at the end of this. But if you just put logic in front of it, it was like, this is working. 
this is needed, this is asked for, this has the outcomes that we want. So now let's put more, uh, more opportunity to study it. So I think CMS is potentially looking at it from a straight forward. Is there a straight payment mechanism that's similar to paying for a DRG in the world as we know it? From a payer perspective, well, paying for things from a DRG perspective is easy. You know, there's a much larger movement to value-based and risk-based initiatives is if you know things can be provided in a setting that provide quality and outcomes at a lower cost, then why wouldn't we? And that really pushes the envelope and the narrative that I think the payers are looking at it to say, how does hospital at home fold into other value-based or risk-based initiatives? From Contessa's perspective, the irony is that that's actually how we started as a company because we've been around since 2015 and our contracts in a pre-pandemic world and still today are value-based initiatives with, with payers and MA plans. So we cut our teeth on that saying, you know, on those proof points. And then the pandemic came along and pushed, appropriately so, a CMS DRG-based initiative. And we've continued, from our perspective, we've continued doing both, but there's an, I would say, there's more of an appetite for a value-based approach from both, you know, the payer and the healthcare system. So I think there's a duality to it that, you know, that we're going to see come to a point of clarity in the upcoming, you know, two years, year and a half. I want to talk about labor, and you touched on this a moment ago, but healthcare broadly, as well as home care and hospital at home, are extremely reliant on nurses. And something we hear a lot is that there's a shortage of nurses, and it's likely going to get worse in the future. So I'm curious how Contessa and Emeticis, your parent company, you know, are planning to contend with this as time goes on. Yeah, it's hard. And I would say, you know, from an emeticist perspective, you know, they've been in the, the home health in the hospice world for quite some time, and nursing has always been at their forefront. From a Contessa standpoint, you know, when we were in a pre-acquisition before we were part of the emeticist family, we were reliant on the healthcare system or third parties. So we felt that that stretch ourselves. Obviously, our our relationship with emeticist has has lightened that burden, but it hasn't changed the industry. I mean, the net new is still a number to to tangle with. Um, that that I think is going to be the big question mark. I think it's a larger question that you're broaching is, you know, how are we addressing our nursing industry? That's a it's a whole podcast and a half for another time. But I think it's a salient point because your care deliverers, whether that's an RN, an LPN, uh, you name it. Um, you know, the nursing industry itself is feeling the strain of this. And I, and I can wax poetically about a truth that hospital at home offers a different opportunity to nurses. And that's true. We find a lot of nurses gravitate towards this because they really enjoy it. They get more one-on-one -on -one time with patients. They find it, you know, in theory to be less stressful, so on and so forth. But the industry itself, you know, you're still talking about the same relatively speaking, the same bucket of nurses that you're pulling from. So are you robbing Peter to pay Paul becomes the question mark. Um, it's a real struggle. And I, and I think that this is a constant point of opportunity of where we need to continue to figure out what is the best way to go about addressing uh, the nursing shortage. I mean, there's different opportunities in the hospital or home, uh, and there's different mechanisms to utilize, you know, RNs, LPNs, community paramedicine. But to your point, 
uh, it's a band-aid to a larger problem. So I think we will, like anything else that requires nursing as a resource, it really becomes a thoughtful approach to this to, to see how we get there. As we wrap up, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the recent news that Optum would acquire Emeticis as United Health seeks to expand its home health footprint. This deal isn't expected to close until 2024, uh, but I'm curious, how is Contessa viewing this potential integration with Optum? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think for what I can share and what I know, which are you know, some there's there's an overlap there. Um, is the very simple answer that we want Contessa from our perspective. We want to be the best version of ourselves now and in the future. And while you know, 2024 as the close, you know, may seem like it's not that far off. Um, this is something that we do. We've been the experts in this realm for quite some time. And the best way for us to continue to figure out our future is to be the best version of ourselves moving forward and then look at integration downstream. Uh, I think it's too far in advance for us to know what that will look like, but we're excited about the opportunities. I think the same way we were excited when a medicine came along. Um, there's just opportunities and scale and opportunities to to defragment care when you have more resources. So for our our marriage with Emeticis, I, I think the the opportunity or the great thing about the marriage there uh, was the influx and integration to home health and nursing that we didn't have and the opportunities to have dialogue with hospice that we didn't have under, I would say, under the same family. And I think Optum is going to bring a lot of that uh, to the table as well is there's, you know, they have a tremendously large reach to a large patient population in ways that we currently don't. And the things that they can help us uh, defragment when it comes to hospital care at home and or interweave, as we talked about earlier, into other healthcare segments will really allow us a, a broader base for tackling that, that aspect of how do you make hospital or home um, intersect with other care models so you're not building and growing it in a silo. That was Dr. Rob Moskowitz, Chief Medical Officer at Hospital at Home Company, Contessa Health. Be sure to check out the first half of our conversation at JustHealthCare.com. And an update, since Rob and I spoke, Emeticis shareholders signed off on the company's proposed acquisition by United Healthcare's Optum, according to a filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission. We'll continue to follow this deal and provide more updates when they become available in our daily news podcast episodes. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.